What a game. Listen, the Milwaukee Bucks completed their largest comeback of the season to defeat the Detroit Pistons 120 to 118. When Giannis Antetokounmpo was ejected in the third quarter, things started looking pretty shaky for the Bucks. Down 10 in the fourth quarter, the Bucks leaned on Damian Lillard. It was some Dame time action going on there. In addition to leaning on Dame, we rolled out a Dame campaign, Malik Beasley, Jay Crowder, Brooke Lopez lineup to close it out, and they got the job done. We're going to break down all the action from tonight's win, plus talk about that Giannis ejection, and a lot more on tonight's episode of Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Truly appreciate you tuning in and thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first watch or first listen of the day. I'm your host, Camille Davis, and you can catch me weekly on the Technical File podcast as well as Cheesehead TV's Carry the G and MKE. Joining me is the founder of Brewhoop.com and the longtime voice of the pod, Frank Madden. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All right, Frank, listen, Giannis was ejected with what I believe was one of the softest technical file calls I've seen in quite some time. The man can't even mean mug and stare at somebody's face anymore. What is the world coming to? But uh, he was ejected with nine minutes left in the third quarter. And the Bucks were leading at that time, 73 to 60. The Pistons went on a crazy run to end the third quarter up 95 to 90. At the time of his ejection, Giannis had 15 points on six of 16 shooting and a team leading nine rebounds in 22 minutes at that time. As I mentioned in the open, the Bucks found themselves down by 10 points with a little bit over seven minutes left to play in the fourth quarter. And at that moment, that lineup, Beasley came in for Marjan, and I was sitting there like, okay, first it was Cam Payne out there with Damian Lillard as the backcourt. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't working. The Pistons <laughs> lead continues to rise. And then here comes Malik Beasley in the game for Marjan. And I'm like, Woo, we're really rolling out a Dame Cam Malik lineup. How is this going to work? But the zone defense with the three of them and Jay and Brooke, it worked pretty well for the Bucks to be able to slow down the Pistons and take that lead. Dame time was real, and Brooke anchoring that zone defense really did help to seal the deal for the team tonight. I mean, <laughs> first off, uh, let's let's put the uh, explicit content warning on this pod. Uh, children, ready your earmuffs, um, because the honest ejection, I mean, come on, guys. Like, I mean, just it, two things can be true, okay? On the yep. one hand, Giannis can, uh, you know, have the obligation to know better. He picked up a cheap tech in the first half, so he, he's on the edge, right? Mm -hmm. And he's got to know that in the world of NBA officials, Scott Twardowski and, <laughs> and the like, yeah. you know, are liable to break out a completely like bullshit. Look at me. This is not an entertainment product. Fuck you fans. Cause I'm a twerp type call and that's it. 
like you can't challenge it you can't review it like this little dude caused attack from what was he 50 feet away he couldn't Mid-court. even see he couldn't even yeah. see what Giannis did which was basically nothing when he like you know stared at uh beef stewart for like you know half a second and then turned away um but and then he gives Giannis the tea and then walks away won't look at Giannis <laughs> predictably um so on the one hand you know Giannis can it, you know it's on Giannis he's got to deal with bs right he's got to deal with bullshit from guys hacking him officials not calling stuff officials calling this kind of stuff i mean that's just the reality he's got to be ready for that and he's normally pretty calm guy he doesn't normally like get too bent out of shape or anything so on the one hand he can be you know obligated to you know be held to a higher standard mm-hmm. but on the other hand fuck scott Tordowski, uh because that can also be true and we can also look at what he did and just say like dude like you know what is the nba doing here like like you know I'm sure Pistons fan could look at it and say, well, I mean, he kind of taunted him a little bit. You, you can't take that. That's, that's a technical, that's a technical foul. Camille Davis, you're on the technical foul podcast spelled differently, but you know, you know, a technical foul. Oh, that's a well, that's technically technical to which I would ask why, like, what is the point of, of making that call in an NBA basketball game? It's an entertainment product. Like, like, what are we really trying to to legislate here? Um, so yeah, it's just it's just dumb. And you know, after that, obviously, the Bucks should have done much better. They did not yep. react to the Giannis ejection. Um, Giannis had not played well. Giannis was, you know, missing stuff left and right. Um, he he didn't play well up leading up to that. Um, he did make some nice defensive plays, but <clears throat> but he hadn't been playing well. But yeah, the Bucks just kind of looked totally lost once he went out. And obviously Chris Middleton not playing on the front end of the back-to-back. You thought, oh, that makes sense. Save him for the tougher game in Indiana. You should be able right. to win this game pretty easily. You know, in theory, that made sense. Um, but all of a sudden, then you're staring down the barrel of crap. We're about to get run off our own floor by Marcus Sasser. And, you know half of the Detroit Pistons because half the team's injured, right? I mean, as if Six the Pistons guys. as if the Pistons like weren't beatable enough, right? Like they were missing all these dudes. So yeah, I mean it, it obviously things were trending towards just a really dumb, dumb loss. And they end up winning the game in you laid it out. I mean, the lineups like I don't know how they got enough stops with those three dudes as playing one through three. Uh but you know what, honestly, like I'm, I almost like don't even see a point in trying to like, <laughs> you know, judge this game or the tactics in the way we normally do, because once Giannis left, it just became just a fundamentally stupid, weird game. So bank the win. Um, Scott Tordowski can get back in his Oscar Mayer Wiener mobile or whatever he drove to the game tonight and, uh, you know, leave the state and, not have people chasing him with pitchforks, I guess. So shout out to you, Scott. Um, and, uh, but yeah, hopefully the next time he's in Milwaukee, people remember and, uh, you know, boo him relentlessly, regardless of what happens uh, because we're petty like that. And I'm petty like that, Camille. <laughs> um, so I'm glad we won. Um, but uh, yeah, what a, just a weird game. And uh, 
five and two in the weirdest way possible. Truly. And every game that we have one, it feels kind of like, how do we, how do we exactly do this in this game? How do we pull this one out? And I mean, we talked about it a little bit at the, the top, but Damian Lillard, I'm going to show a little graphic for those watching on the YouTube. The man finished with 34 points, three assists and three steals. some very timely steals at that as well. And one thing about Damian Lillard's stat line is like you look at it and it's like 34 points and you're just kind of like, okay, Dame's doing Dame things. And then you look closer at it and you're like, oh, wait, Dame was 2 of 12 from three. <laughs> like he still had 34 points in 34 minutes while being 2 of 12 from three in large part because the man is a free throw merchant. He just knows how to get to the line. He was 12 of 13 from the free throw line this evening already more 10 plus free throw games than we've seen from drew holiday and eric bledsoe combined and we are just a few games into this season like that is a talent that this man has and i know a lot of fans have had problems with players who tend to grift quote unquote for free throws such as a james harden but the way that dame does it is so interesting because he is just relentlessly attacking and i know we mentioned this after their last game as well where it's like you're watching him and you're like he doesn't stop. It doesn't matter if he doesn't get the whistle one time. He's going to continue to attack over and over and over. And he's going to find a way to positively contribute to the team, even if his shot isn't falling. So when the shot's not falling, he's getting to the free throw line. When it's time for the fourth quarter, they're trusting the ball to be in his hands. He's make, um, excuse me, making the right plays. He's getting to the free throw line. He's being active on defense. And Dame time is a real thing, and it's so interesting to continuously watch it. And I definitely want to get your opinion on Dame's performance this evening, as well as Brooke Lopez and just some of the other key guys who helped pull out uh, the victory tonight with that wonky lineup that I don't think any Bucks fan would have guessed uh, would work. Because <laughs> I know I didn't. I'll speak. Maybe I shouldn't project on everybody else. And I'll speak just for myself on that. But I do want to get your opinion on that after we talk about our good friends over at eBay Motors. Our partners over at eBay Motors has teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd in order to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. And if you play fantasy basketball, you know it is a very long season. You have a lot to manage. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. And if you're not listening to Locked On Fantasy Basketball, you are missing out if you're a fantasy basketball player. Josh Lloyd knows his stuff. So let's take a look at someone Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guarantee Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Looking at the lineup that he has here, I'm going to actually highlight Brandon Miller because coming into the season, you know, he's number two pick. People were shocked the Hornets would select him over Scoot Henderson. But Brandon Miller should be a pretty good uh, fantasy starter for the week, given the fact that Terry Rozier is out recovering from his groin injury. So he should be having a lot more minutes to make a big contribution. So check out Brandon Miller as somebody to insert into your fantasy lineup. And as mentioned, Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And that is the exact same with your vehicle. My last car towards the end there, problem after problem after problem, and my pockets were hurting. And I wish that I would have leaned on eBay Motors to help out with that because with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. 
brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your car needs, eBay Motor has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, we know everything's getting so much more expensive. And with the prices that eBay Motors has, you'll be burning rubber and not cash. So make sure you keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. The eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customer, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply with that offer. So keep that in mind, but check out eBay Motors when you get a moment. In addition to that, make sure you check out Locked on Bucks. If you have not seen yet, uh, Justin Garcia has started some pregame shows. We preview the Pistons game tonight uh, before the game, and we'll be back tomorrow to preview the Bucks against the Pacers. In addition to that, uh, I won't be here for postgame duties tomorrow, but Justin's going to hold it down with Frank, so make sure you're tapped into Locked on Bucks tomorrow uh, as we close out the week with the Pacers. Now, Frank, I was mentioning Dame and his stats and the team as a whole and everything that happened here. And it's one of those things where you're again like, how exactly did we win this game? Uh, in the pregame show that I had with Justin earlier today, we mentioned the fact that, you know, the Pistons play at a slower pace. They're not as big of a threat from three. There are some things here with this team that should fit how the Bucks want to play. And we should see some improvement from that. And Again, for the YouTube viewers, we got a little graphic here for you. Looking at the game recap, the Pistons shot better from the field overall, but the Bucs had more three-pointers fall for them. And again, the Bucs just killed at the free throw line. The Pistons went 15 of 16 from the line, while the Bucs went 27 of 32. Uh, the Pistons also out-rebounded the Bucs by a wide margin. The Pistons had 53 rebounds tonight, while the Bucs only had 36. And when it comes to fast break points, the Bucs didn't get killed. Uh, Detroit had 10 and the Bucs had 13. So, Frank, when you're looking at this game, what stands out to you about how the Bucs were able to actually pull out a victory tonight? Yeah, well, digging into the, those transition numbers, um, using the cleaning the glass stats, the Pistons were minus 6.7 points per 100 added via transition, which is horrendous. A very Bucs-like number, early season Bucs-like number. Uh, Bucks were plus 3.7, which, hey, they were positive tonight. It was actually good. It was good to run in transition. Exactly. The Pistons put up 68.4 points per play in transition, which should be impossible. But they managed that. Shout out to the Pistons for helping the Bucks transition defense numbers. They needed some help. Um, yeah, the offensive rebounding numbers, though, were huge for the Pistons tonight. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> well, I, I, sorry, there was 36% in the half court. That is way too high. Bucks. Normally you want to keep that in like the low twenties um, overall Pistons were at, I think about 30% offensive rebound rate. So that's very good. And the bucks were terrible. So, I mean, that that's why you mm -hmm. see that differential Pistons pretty good off on the offensive glass bucks, complete non-factor on the offensive glass, just 13% of uh, their misses they collected. But, um, but yeah, so transition finally actually helping the bucks a little bit, but uh, I mean, I mean, if, as far as like, you know, just thinking about Dame and, and what he was able to do in this game. I mean, you said it was just really bizarre. I mean, even in the first game of the season where he scores 39, he was four out of 12 from three in that game. Yeah. Two out of 12 tonight. You kept waiting for him to like hit like a couple in a row and he never got to like more than, you know, like he hit that one early in the fourth quarter. But then after that had a few more good looks where he's pulling up and it's like, Oh yeah, the crowd is ready to just like blow the huh. roof off. 
and it didn't happen. Um, so look, you know, we've, we've talked about kind of his, his history of having early season shooting struggles. Um, and so again, I think you just have to highlight something we've been talking about a lot, which is his ability to, to score without just hitting a ton of threes. And again, he became a terrific, uh, free throw guy last year. He was always a good, good at drawing fouls and a terrific free throw shooter. But last year he kind of took it up to a whole nother level, averaging almost 10 per game. And the fact that he's at that same level this year while mm-hmm. taking way fewer shots per game. I mean, last year he averaged 20, 21 shots per game. This year he was at like 14 or 15 um, coming into tonight. It took 25 tonight. So obviously got up a ton of shots tonight. But, you know, when you think about like free throw rate, which is basically your free throw attempts divided by your field goal attempts, mm-hmm. he basically like, I mean, he had, he's like almost doubled his free throw rate <laughs> this year. Like, it's just absurd. I mean, you know, almost 10 free throws attempted per game when you're taking, you know, 14 or 15 shots per game. Like that's a crazy number. And that's why his efficiency has been almost as good this year as it was last year, despite the fact that he isn't shooting the ball well at all. So, um, so obviously it's a hugely important skill and we have talked a lot about his free throws, his his ability to get to the line, obviously make free throws 12 or 13 tonight. But the other piece we saw tonight was, I mean, he can just put his head down and just get to the rim. And, you know, he missed a few as well. I mean, the first half he got to the rim a number of times and just kind of couldn't finish um, uh, when he was contested. But tonight we saw that kind of V high pick and roll action repeatedly. And he was able to get downhill time and time again, get to the rim and, and finish, um, you know, the go ahead basket. He kind of pulled up, hit a short little um, step back shot. So, yeah, I mean, he's just obviously a dynamic, dynamic offensive player. And um, I don't know, I'm, I'm enjoying it, right? Because obviously, as we've talked about, like, it's not like we were staying up for Blazers games the past few years. Like, right. we've all seen Dame play because, you know, we watch him play in, in uh, like, against the Bucks and, you know, occasionally against other kind of primetime games. But you know, how many primetime games, how many big games have the Blazers had the last couple of years, right? Not not a lot, right? I mean, a lot of what I remember is watching him in some of those playoff series a few years back, but that's, that's going a you know a few years back in most cases. So, yeah, it's it's been fun just sort of beginning to understand sort of how he creates shots, how he draws fouls, you know, where his comfort zone is. Obviously, the Bucks are still trying to figure that out. Yeah, <laughs> still trying to figure that out. Um, you know, Giannis, I think on those short rolls, like it just seems like every time he catches the ball, he like freezes and doesn't know what to do. Like he's still, I think, just having to think way too much. And I feel like Giannis is at his best when he's just kind of playing instinctively. So that continues to be a work in progress, but yeah, I mean, Dame eight out of 13 on twos tonight, just the two out of 12 on threes, but all those free throws was able to obviously, um, you know, ultimately carry the Bucks offense down the stretch. And, you know, it's, that's kind of what you were hoping. I mean, it started the fourth quarter down. I think we all know, like we're all just waiting for him to come to the game and just, mm-hmm. you hope that he just hits a bunch of threes and, and carries the Bucks to a win kind of like what he did in the Knicks game um, as well as opening night against the Sixers. And yeah, I mean, he really has not relied on the three pointer in this, in the way that I think probably a lot of us would have expected, but it's encouraging in its own way. And man, I mean, when, (laughs) when the three ball starts to fall uh, it's, it's going to be pretty scary to see what he can do. But um, before, before I forget, let me, let me give a shout out to Malik Beasley. We've yes, been, sir. we've been, we've been, you know, talking about the demise of Malik Beasley and why there's no reason for him to be starting. And, you know, and not, not that we're like we're saying that he's like terrible or whatever. I mean, the guy, you know, he came into the game shooting 40% from three. I think he's 
done what he can defensively. He's had to defend guys that normally you would not expect Malik Beasley to have to mm-hmm. defend again, because he's paired with Dame and they're trying to conserve Dame and shield him a bit defensively. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, it's just a guy who's put in a role that he's just not, not that suited for. Right. Is, and, and the other piece too, is, I mean, his usage is way down because there's aren't shots to take when you're on the floor with the, the bucks kind of other four best players as a starter. So I think he's been put in a position that's pretty difficult for him to succeed in. Um, and other things have been going on too. I mean, like the bucks offense has been super bad and it's, it's not because Malik Beasley is not making right. enough shots, right? He's shooting 40% from three. So, but shout out to him tonight. I mean, some stuff kind of similar. What do you take? Only two threes, two threes in 25 minutes or so. Um, hit one out of two, 10 points on six shots, mm-hmm. six rebounds, two, two assists, a steal, and plus 24. Team high. Plus, plus anything is a big deal <laughs> for Malik Beasley early in this, this season. For him to be plus 24, Marjan was a minus 25 in 27 minutes. I didn't think Marjan played like poorly. I thought he also hit like a couple big kind of mid-range pull-up shots early in the fourth quarter when they were just sort of trying to stay connected. Um, but yeah, shout out to Malik. You know, I thought this was a nice game from him. And uh, he had the, the big steal late, um, which we thought might ice the game. Uh, but Jay Crowder missed one of the two free yeah. throws. And, uh, you know, again, they were, they were up one at the time, so it's not like they could have it out of reach uh but uh but yeah malik beasley i I feel good for the guy as a human being you know like he's been taking a lot of a lot of shit and uh some of it from me so uh so yeah i still don't think he should be the starting shooting guard for the market and and it's sort of one of those things like the bucks sort of scratching out these wins you know i think delays the inevitability of griff having to confront the mm-hmm. fact that Malik Beasley should not be starting. Um, but, you know, again, here here he was. He started, and tonight he actually uh, did enough, and he was part of that um, unexpected uh, backcourt slash wing trio of defenders yeah. with campaign and and him. I, I was mostly surprised by campaign. I think I saw uh, that he played the last 16 minutes, which Straight. was just like yeah. a – Jason Terry under Jason Kidd in the playoffs type of number. Like I think against, I think in that game six against the Raptors, I think Jason Terry played like the last 18 minutes straight or something, <laughs> something like that. And uh, yeah, I don't know why campaign was in there that long. Um, it I worked guess, out. I, yeah, I guess uh, Griff was just like, man, not feeling Pat Connaughton tonight, but, um, but anyway, uh, again, it was silly season tonight in the Bradley center. Right. Uh, the refs are wearing clown shoes. You know what? Am, what are what are we gonna do, right? I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get get too deep on any of that stuff. You know, one thing I've always enjoyed about your commentary in the game because I also try to do the same is be accountable. If someone does something good, call it out. If someone does something bad, you call it out. It's whatever it is, but being straight about it. And Malik Beasley, like you said, does deserve uh, some applause tonight because he has been a focal point of conversation. And like you. I still don't think he should be a starting two guard for this team, but I think he still has a lot of value that he can give to this team. And I want to talk to you a bit more about his value, some other rotation guys who we saw. We got some second quarter Andre Jackson Jr. minutes, which was really cool to see. But first, I want to talk to everybody about our friends over at Jace Medical. Now, I mentioned this before after our last pregame show because 
as host of this show and everybody who is hearing my voice in this moment, we spend a lot of time talking together. Like you hear my voice a lot. We get really excited after wins like tonight and after losses. We also get together and we talk about that as well. And I'm thankful for the connection that we have. And today I want our chat just to get a little bit more personal. I recently learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. Like, do you realize exactly what that means? You can bring on your extended travel, natural disasters, supply chain issues, whatever the case may be, you're covered. You won't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis or Viagra or any other prescription. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Just remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace, quote, I am thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills and have to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies, and I highly recommend this for everyone, end quote. If you or someone you love would like to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Just remember to use the promo code locked on for $20 off of your purchase. All right. Now, as I mentioned, like just talking about some of the other guys on the team here who showed up for the last five minutes or so of today's episode, um, I saw a stat on Twitter. Nathan Marzon, Marzion posted this as well, talking about entering into tonight's game. The Bucks in clutch time were second in offense and eighth in defense. And it sparked something in me because I've spent so much time thinking about the Dame and Giannis pairing offensively and just how well that could work with their gravity, with how well they, their games seem to mesh together. And seeing how they're top 10 in clutch so far in the season, I was just kind of like, that makes some sense here. And tonight when Giannis went out, I was like, oh my, like the defense might completely fall apart because the Bucks defense just hasn't looked great without Giannis on the court so far this season. And at this point, we saw Brooke Lopez come in. We've had numerous conversations at this point about Brooke's role on the team, how he's better closer to the basket. And instead of Giannis being that guy to help close defensively in the clutch, it was Brooke Lopez alongside Damian Lillard while Dame did his thing offensively. In addition to that, uh, we just had some other guys who got some interesting minutes. As I mentioned, uh, we had no Chris Middleton tonight. So I knew the minute allocation in itself was going to be a little different, especially on the first night of a back-to-back, -back, because you're always interested to see if guys are going to be rested or whatever the case may be. Jay Crowder actually led the team in minutes tonight. He started for Chris um, and kept running with the bench <laughs> unit too. The man had 37 minutes tonight. Andre Jackson Jr. got some minutes in the second quarter with Marjan. It was the only Andre Jackson Jr. minutes we got tonight. And although he had three fouls in four minutes, uh, <laughs> he has just such quick feet. And you see the potential of him, the hustle he had as well. Marjan and Cam also had season highs in minutes uh, with 27 and 24, respectfully. And I think I might have mentioned it. I'm not sure if it was actually on while we were recording or before, but all that being said, with the minute allocations and everything like that, it should also be noted that. With the Celtics losing to the 76ers tonight, with everything the Bucs still have to figure out, the Bucs are currently second in the East at 5-2 and two right now behind the 6-1 76ers. So 
Something to be said about being able to pull out wins while figuring out your rotations and also figuring out ways to win and showing up in the clutch. Yeah, let's give a shout out to Brooke Lopez. I mean, absolutely. if you're going to talk about showing up in the clutch, um, you know, we saw last game Brooke was was not in the game in clutch time because of matchup reasons. That's going to happen, right? I mean, the Bucks won an NBA championship. Brooke wasn't closing any of those games, really, because matchup wise, it made sense to go smaller uh, tonight. It did make sense, especially with Giannis not available <laughs> to have Brooke in there. Um, you know, one play that was was huge. I, I can't remember if they were down, how, how many points they were down. Uh, but there was that play where Dame, like, went, I think he went for like a drive, missed. Uh, the Pistons go quickly the other way. Brooks like the only man back. And he's able to get a contest and a block on, I can't remember if it was Kate or who it was. But basically, you know, it was one of those plays where it's transition and, you know, if advantage offense and it mm -hmm. was kind of a developing sort of two-on-one type situation brooke comes up with a big block and then beasley comes away with it and dame was cherry picking still on the other end uh, beasley throws the long touchdown pass to, to dame for the lefty layup and you know that's like one of those swing plays where if that swings the other way if Dame misses and then to the pistons get a bucket out of it and then mm -hmm. have the bucks have to play half court you know that that may flip the game, right? That that could be the difference to winning and losing. So huge play there from Brooke. He had another contest really late. I don't know if he actually blocked it. Um, was it Duran that got the offensive rebound and like it looked like so. he had a layup and Brooke contested it, forced a miss. They get the ball back again there. And then, I mean, the the three-pointer, right? Like the, I mean, that was a huge. pure pure vibes shot there. Uh, trail man, you know, he was, he would almost got, stomped on the other end of the floor gets up last man down the floor jay crowder catches at the top of the key on a ball rotation and just kind of shovels it over to brooke to launch you know a 28 footer or whatever it was from from the left wing and um you know if he misses it's like dude why, why are you shooting that shot man but you know brooke brooke has earned the right to you know put up a, put up a maybe a speculative three-point shot uh that when you should be maybe running clock a little bit more so that was, I mean, that was huge, right? They had just taken the lead on um, on a bucket from Dame. They get a stop, and then Brooke puts it, put, gives them the, that lead that was four with whatever it was, like 40 seconds or something, whatever it was. Um, and it felt like at that point, it felt like, oh, okay, we got this. Unfortunately, Cade Cunningham then hits like a really tough uh, corner three out of an inbounds play. It was kind of like the it, that play actually reminded me of, you remember how like for five years the like seemingly the only play the bucks ran out of late game timeouts was that that coffin corner play to chris yep and you know usually it wouldn't work and then we'd all just complain on twitter about like oh it's the only play the bucks ever run what the hell like why do they keep running it never um anyway it worked for the pistons tonight <laughs> um but but yeah shout out to brooke for that and um andre jackson okay so camille you talked about you know calling it like we see it I was, let me say this, I was much more skeptical of Andre Jackson and that draft pick, mm -hmm. you know, based on what we saw in summer league preseason. Um, and just, again, just like the hypothetical fit when you have Giannis as your best player. Like when I've watched Andre Jackson, like it's just, it's just very hard. It, it's, he's such a weird player. And I don't mean that just as an insult, but he's such a weird player. Cause he's, he clearly has pretty good ball handling. Mm -hmm. He's got, good passing instincts. I think he's a generally pretty high IQ player. 
on both ends. But like he he can't, you know, he could not score at all in college. He's super athletic, had no idea how to make easy baskets for himself, even with athleticism and dribbling and all that stuff. Baffling to me, right? People always just say, oh, he can't shoot. He he does not know how to score. Like he averaged six points per game in college. His career high was like 15 points. Okay. Like it 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 makes no sense that he was could not do more offensively as a scorer in college. So hopefully, like something about more space in the NBA, better players, whatever, maybe helps him a little bit. Um, but I was like definitely like concerned that it's like, man, as good as he might be defensively, it's just really hard to be like the fifth guy in an important lineup in crunch time when you just cannot shoot at all, especially when you have a guy like Giannis who's not a floor spacer and needs, you know, can't afford to have like guys that, that, you know, can be left alone on the perimeter. So I was like, I was always kind of like, man, that's just, it just feels like there's an inherent limit on how much value he can have for the bucks. But in some of the preseason games in particular, like Vegas, I thought he was just like, uh, it was hard for me in Vegas. Cause like, just fouled a ton and yeah. not playing with good players. I think probably like also made him worse because he had to do more and he just, he just doesn't know how to do that. Right. He just throws up lots of random floaters and stuff, but, um, but it just felt, I am coming to a compliment. This is a long, <laughs> long winded way of, I am going to say something nice. Um, four minutes, three fouls. That stat line is like, you know, perfect fodder for me to go into my old man yelling at cloud uh, mode and be like, oh, the kids, oh, they don't know how to play basketball. You know, I, I enjoyed four minutes of total chaos, uh, three fouls. Okay, not great, whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think we did see even in that sort of some glimpses of why I think he's an intriguing guy that I mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited to see him at some point get some run this year and. You know, I I don't think he's going to be a key rotation guy in the playoffs or something. I'm not expecting that. I think, you know, you you just I'm too old to be expecting second round picks who like have such severe, like obvious offensive limitations to to just like figure it out and be like useful playoff guys. Um, but especially on this roster, like they are in such desperate need of someone who can do what Andre Jackson does. Exactly. And it's some of the same self stuff that Marjan does, but like Andre is like almost like a more extreme version of it. Cause like he can't shoot, you know, he can't, he's so limited offensively as a scorer. Um, but he's just, he creates so much chaos on defense and I don't know, just like the energy he brings willingness to push the ball up the floor. We saw that in the preseason for some fun moments. Um, I thought tonight was a, a great night for him to get a look just because it was against another kind of like young team. So it wasn't like he was having to go out there against, you know, the Celtics or, you know, the Warriors or some like veteran team that um, that can maybe take advantage of some of that youth, youthful indiscretion. So, so yeah, I, I enjoyed what I saw from Andre. Um, I've, I've been worn down enough by watching the, the Bucks regular rotation guys try to play defense especially the, the smaller guys that I am fully desperate for um, anyone who's younger and energetic that. and not, uh, not old and slow um, to, uh, to maybe get a shot at some point. So it's, it's, it's perhaps out of desperation, Camille, that I'm feeling good <laughs> and uh, interested in, in Andre and Marjan and those guys. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be, It'd be interesting to see how much we can get those guys on the floor Absolutely. and get 
get a look at them. Um, and honestly, I mean, the, the, the reality has been the Bucks have been like remarkably healthy, right? I mean, they basically have had no injuries other than Marjan and his random illness. Not and Chris, yeah, and Chris just getting kind of these these planned rests on the on the first night of back to back. So um, at some point there will be real injuries, and again, hopefully, obviously there's nothing serious, and you, know, you hope obviously that the kind of core four guys stay healthy. Um, but you know, when if if some of the other guys have like random injuries that keep them out you know, a few games here and there, um, you know, then that's going to be the open door for Andre. Right. I mean, I think he's pretty squarely like the 11th guy right Mm now. Um, so he's not going to play most nights, but on a night like tonight where Chris is out, Giannis ends up getting ejected. Uh, you know, why not? Why not? Yeah. Throw, throw a little bit of, uh, Andre Jackson into the mix and, and we'll see, you know, hopefully he can build on this a little bit. And, um, at some point, you know, maybe, uh, I mean, I think he's going to have spells probably where he'll be fun and get some time. And I think, like we've said with Marjan, a lot of it's just like, can he just be consistent, not foul, yeah, make good enough decisions? But, uh, but yeah, you know, well, it's a weird night. Let's 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 let's, uh, let's keep the vibes positive. I'm absolutely with that. And with that, I think that's a good note to end the podcast on this evening. Bucks fans would love to hear from you guys in the comments. Let us know how you're feeling after this close win over the Detroit Pistons. Uh, as a reminder, tomorrow there will be a pregame show for the Pacers Bucks game, as well as a postgame show with Justin and Frank. So make sure you guys come back. Uh, on behalf of Frank and myself, we wish you all well and we'll talk to you tomorrow.